0: Principal Matters Podcast, episode 205. Hi friends, this is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast. Each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week I'm going to talk about preparing for the start of the school year in a pandemic. I want to ask you to picture a student with me. Jenny is a returning student at her high school and she has a part-time job which keeps her up late most nights and when her school opens in just a few weeks she knows that remote learning is the option that her building has chosen until they open for in-person school again. She calls her school to find out about her schedule but she gets a busy signal and then she uses her iPhone to log into the school's website but it's confusing She finally finds a link for her counselor's email, and she sends a short message asking for help. And a few days later, she realizes that she has missed a call. And the voicemail is her school counselor telling her she has a schedule and she just needs to check her email. So she checks her email, and she sees that she has been assigned six virtual classes. Right now, she has more questions than she has answers. When should she log in? Each day? How much time should she spend on her subjects? Who's going to monitor her classes and follow her progress? Will these be the same teachers that she has once school reopens? And Jenny is still working at her part time job, so she puts off figuring out all these questions until the first day of school. And that morning, she wakes up late, she finds her login, she checks her email, she sees she has a dozen messages from teachers with a variety of instructions, and she's overwhelmed. So finally, she logs into her virtual schedule. She clicks on her first class, Algebra 1, with Mr. Samuels. She doesn't recognize the name, so maybe he's a new teacher. And she sees that the class has both online lessons and links to virtual live sessions with Mr. Samuels. And she's already missed the first live session. So she's now flustered, with frustration, and she's asking how— Am I supposed to figure out how to wade through these different classes and assignments and virtual meetings? So by this time, she has texted several friends, and they are just as confused as she is. And one of them tells her that she has received a sample daily schedule from another teacher, and she'll share it with her through a screenshot. And Jenny is simply frustrated, hoping that the rest of her day on this first day of school is not as confusing as the morning has been, and hoping that the rest of the school year is not as difficult as this one has been. Now, I've given you that worst case scenario because as impossible as it seems to start a school year with all of the different options that some of you are facing in distance learning and blended learning and in-person, and it's important to keep in mind that at the end of the day, the person that we have to walk in their shoes is the student. And you have students who are returning to school from all kinds of different backgrounds. Jenny was a secondary student, and maybe you're serving a middle level, or maybe you're serving a, an elementary student. And some of them have supportive guardians at home, and others don't. And some of them have teachers and staff who have already connected with them, and some of them don't. And you're going to be serving both the needs of students like Jenny, but you're also going to be serving the needs of teachers and staff and parents who want to have answers to those questions too. So today, I just want to ask you to pause for just a moment. And I want you to think about life from the perspective of one kid. Harry Wong, whose work I refer to a lot when I'm talking to teachers and principals about the first days of school, says that every student has seven questions that he or she asks as they begin every school year on day one. And here they are. Number one, am I in the right room? Number two, where am I supposed to sit? Number three, who is my teacher as a person? Number four, will my teacher treat me as a human being? Number five, what are the rules in this classroom? Number six, what will I be doing this year? And number seven, how will I be graded? Now, let's apply those to this current situation. If you're serving in a pandemic, some of you have had the options of opening school with students present. Congratulations, if you've been able to do that with protocols and masking and starting your school off. Some of you are beginning your school year late because you're trying to see numbers go down in your specific area of the country or states that you're serving. But this year, your students are still going to be asking those questions, What is my schedule? Where do I report at the beginning of my day? Who is my teacher as a person? Will I be treated as a human? What are the rules and expectations of my classes? What will I be doing this year? How will I know if I'm doing well or not? And as you work out your plans for for communicating with your students and families in in the days and weeks ahead, let me just ask you to remember to keep it as simple as you can. Perhaps you'll do this in a helpful FAQ that you're going to post on your website for families, or maybe you're going to divide your students into lists and have your teams of teachers and staff calling each one to make sure that they know ahead of time what to expect. Or perhaps you're going to host orientation meetings with small groups divided by alphabet so that everyone can come in socially distanced groups and be oriented to your school. Or maybe you're going to do this virtually, but whatever strategy that you're choosing, I just want to provide you with some suggestions as you're thinking about starting up the school year. If you're a listener to this podcast regularly, you know that I've been hosting a mastermind group for Principal Matters listeners who want to brainstorm and consider ideas as they begin their school year. And this week, or last week actually, we we sat on this question for a long time, which is student engagement, not compliance, as we start this school year. How can we best prepare our students to answer those most important questions as they start their school year together? and so i just want to share some some thoughts and some suggestions that other principals have been providing to me as they consider this and so this is not a one size fits all response but i do want to give you a chance to reflect on these and then i'd like to transition to just some conversations that i've recorded with other principals sharing out some of the ideas that they've had happening in their schools but first here are some things i want you to consider this week and i just want to share six quick suggestions number 1 Build and rebuild relationships. As your teachers and staff or parents are returning to school beginning again, how are you reconnecting with them? If it's possible, are you calling your teachers and reconnecting and reminding them that you may not have all the answers, but you are in this together and you will find solutions together? Don't just focus on the work at hand, whether it's hearing about their families or their summers or the meaningful moments in their lives. Remember that those meaningful parts of their lives are the way that you reconnect and build relationships with them. So take time to build trust. As they open up to you with questions, be honest if you have the answers, but if you don't have the answers, let them know that you're going to try to find answers to their questions. But first, reconnect in relationships. Number two, take advantage of your technology and social media. Some teachers may want to connect with you through Zoom or Google Hangouts. So stay active in posting helpful reminders for them and ways that they can do that. If you have the use of social media, a great video that you can share out with your staff or your families or your students is a great way to stay connected. But whether you're using your school website or school wide communications or apps or social media, make sure that the important announcements that are happening are being consistently shared out in a variety of places. Make sure that reminders are being shared at various times before school begins so you can set expectations for the new school year. And if you've already jumped into your school year, make sure that you're consistently sharing out the things you know in a variety of ways, whether that's through your email or through your website or through social media. Use your technology to take advantage of sharing out as much as possible and duplicate that information in as many platforms as you can. Number three, organize and manage and always plan ahead. Obviously, no system is a perfect system, but as you move into a new school year, it's important to keep your list of to-dos for your team and yourself front and center. If that means that you have a shared Google Doc that you and your staff are working through as you're beginning the school year, as you're planning those things, one way to do this as a principal is to make sure that you look at last year's to-do list and then transfer it over to this year and ask yourself, how can I be modifying my normal to-do lists to match this new normal that we're stepping into for this year. So go through your last year's calendar. See if you're missing anything important as you're stepping into this new school year. What events do you already anticipate are going to be canceled or rescheduled? I talked to one principal today who's already beginning his year off with the first the first game that they're hosting, if they still have the opportunity to, to do that, as their senior night. So they can immediately identify and recognize seniors early in the year. Rely on your team, your secretaries, your assistants, your lead teachers to help you stay on track with important things that should be coming up for the school year. And make sure that you have those things on your calendar in advance so that you can modify as needed. Number four. Make sure you're defining responsibilities for your people. Even as you work on expectations for teachers, don't forget about your non-instructional staff. Reach out to every staff member and discuss their well-defined key responsibility areas. Maybe some of them are gonna be working remotely for a while. What are ways that they can help you divide and conquer in in terms of some of the things that may need to happen in terms of parent outreach or student follow-ups or just checking on kids. If you use key responsibility lists, consider how those need to look going into this new normal. Ask your staff what responsibilities do they anticipate needing to focus on differently or what things might need to be replaced on their to-do list or what things no longer apply if they're serving remotely or what things have you not thought about that need to be managed, like checking eligibility as you're moving into a new semester. With your teachers and staff, don't be afraid to say what is expected and what is anticipated for them to do and provide that in writing when those things are hammered out. Number five. Manage high anxiety. Everyone is anxious right now in both good ways and bad ways about the start of school. And this year, the stress levels are going to be even higher, but for better or for worse, your community is looking to you to set the tone as a school leader. So as hard as it is, manage that high anxiety by demonstrating a sense of calm and reassurance. And one way to do this is by including celebrations in your communications, even as you're communicating the to-do's of what to expect in your welcome backs. Make sure that you're celebrating the things that kids are doing well, that teachers are doing well. Consider, if you've not started school yet, sending a card or a small gift card of a, as a welcome back to your staff. Communicate positivity and, and reassure them again and again that it's going to be a great year and that you're in this together, no matter what it looks like. Number six, host virtual or in-person orientations you know, with new teachers or old teachers or new students or returning students or new parents, you have several groups who are going to need to be welcomed to your school. And so those orientations may look different now than they had before. Some principals I'm talking to are setting these up in small socially distanced events. Some schools have different needs for different groups. And so they may be bringing them in, in virtual meetings, or they may be dividing them into small groups and then having a student assigned, a student leader assigned to help welcome that small group into their building. But whatever you decide to do, make sure that you're communicating clear expectations, that you're being positive in what to expect, and that you're available to answer questions for people who aren't sure exactly what to expect. So I know those are things that you're already thinking about, but those are just quick reminders of how to place yourself back in the position of your student on his or her first day. Build and rebuild relationships Use your technology and social media to reinforce those. Organize and manage your calendar now to plan ahead for the year. Define and communicate your responsibilities. Manage that high anxiety by staying calm yourself. And host as many things as you can to orient your people for what's expected ahead. So let's wrap this up. As you are reimagining what a first day of school might look like for someone like Jenny, your student. Think about some of these additional checklists that school leaders have to consider as they're starting their schools. Have you posted your welcome back signage? Have you included maps for students, for new students to understand how to navigate either in-person or virtual learning? Do you have clear and visible communication so people know where to find things? Have you developed and shared out master schedules yet so that teachers know exactly what to expect? What are your established arriving and departing routines? Have you updated and planned consistently for your policies and procedures through your staff or student handbooks? Have parents and students been invited to an open house or a virtual orientation? Is your school website updated with the current calendar and welcome back message from the principal to give them key information that they should know? How about those duty rosters and activities and game calendars if you're still expecting that they can happen? Does your calendar include, your own calendar as a principal, include dates for your own reports to your district or state for when you're going to still be trying to observe teachers teaching, even if that looks different going into the school year? As you think through your school-wide processes from the perspective of that student or that parent or that teacher who's starting off that new school year, Decide what steps you should be taking right now to move forward so that everyone in your school and organization has clarity on what to expect. And I just covered a lot of things that you can see if you want to visualize that list of things in this week's post on my website at williamdparker.com. Just look for episode 205. Most importantly, this year, remember that creating the best first days of school for students and staff is remembering that your school members need to know that there's someone who can answer their questions on that first day of school. So this week, take some time to reflect on those questions and those tips and those checklists. I didn't share them with you to feel overwhelmed. I'm just sharing them with you as a reminder from leader to leader that there are some steps that you can be taking right now to make sure people feel prepared for a great school year. This week, how can you keep perspective on your students and teachers and staff for their first day so that that first day is successful. And don't do this alone. Reach out to your teacher teams and to your staff and to your student leaders and include them in accomplishing these goals. Well, I hope that's helpful. And I'd like to also include a little bit of the recordings of conversations that I've been having with other principals as they're preparing for their start of the school year, just so you can hear some voices from others as they prepare for this year as well. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing and serving in a time that's so different than any other time that we've served before, because what you do matters. And I'll talk to you soon. How do we begin to reframe these questions and teacher preparation to, to anticipate answers for each one of those?
1: Do we need to reframe them? Because aren't those still important questions, even if it's in a screen, am I in the right place? Are you going to treat me the right way? I think they really still all apply because it's that connection piece.
0: Good. I love that. So the questions may not change. Some nuances might change. So what are some ways, what are some other thoughts you guys have on that?
2: I think number three is really important because it's going to be so hard to create relationships with students and um, the teacher really has to introduce themselves and really create relationships with those students virtually, that's going to be tough.
3: I think number one is interesting too. So I I think of it more than just a physical, am I in the right room? Of course, that's, you know, I started at the middle school level, so that's clearly a middle school issue big time uh, at the secondary level. At the elementary, you know, they'll go where the the adults guide them, right? But it also, there's a feeling about it too, right? So if I'm an elementary child and and, and am I sitting in the right room, not only physically, but emotionally, like, you know, am, am I supported? Now, am I in a classroom that that cares for me? So I kind of look at that from more number one, from kind of the social emotional perspective.
2: I had a thought too. I want to add a question. I know uh, kids need their peers. So how do I connect with my peers? Something along that line. For many of our kids, that's why they go to school: is to connect not just with their teachers and adults, but with their peers.
4: I think it's really important this year as you think about those questions and approach those questions that this year more than ever, they need to be approached so proactively and with such a positive mindset, meaning that not only are we getting the student in the right room, but there's also a way that they are definitely welcomed into that right room. You know, one of the big topics in Kansas right now is uh, masks are mandated. So we've talked about different ways to make it kind of the cool thing to do is to wear a mask as opposed to, you know, what you hear in the news that, you know, whether mom and dad say you don't need a mask or mom and dad say you need a mask. So uh, the interesting dynamic that that creates between students that who, wi- who will willingly wear a mask and who won't, I don't know, just, you know, students, again, just the, the proactive side of things.
1: Okay. I was going to say, I kind of have a unique situation at, at my school because we just have pre-K and kindergarten students. And so we're trying to figure out a way to, parents can't come in the building. And that's a, a pretty big ritual for parents to be able to walk their kids to school on their very first day of school and make sure that they safely get where they're supposed to be. And that kind of gives that young child a, a sense of comfort. So I think we'll have to be extremely uh, sensitive and vigilant on trying to make sure that we're welcoming welcoming them in and letting them know that they're in a safe place and be okay. So in those parents too. We're gonna, I'm sure we're gonna have some some extra tears from the first day.
2: Brayden, yeah. can I get, offer a suggestion on that? Sure. We are um, getting tents so that we'll have, like, different preschool and kindergarten tents out there in the first week of school so that they can still have that, like, meet your teacher, you know, and then the teacher will bring them in after we say goodbye to the crying parents.
1: So are they, are you just allowing, like, a certain amount of...
2: They haven't gotten into those details yet. Just right now, that's, we we know that the parents need a, a place to see the teacher... Right. Instead of just sending them into a door and not seeing what
1: happens. Right. Well, and we've talked about how can we, I mean, like one of the things that you, they really want is that picture with their, their teacher. And how can we assure them that we'll make sure you get a picture and we will help you with that. And, you know, just, we want that good relationship that, um, that we're partners in this with, with the families and how we comfort them too.
4: That's very interesting because that's the exact conversation we had in the office today as to how we're going to accommodate uh, kindergarten and preschool parents within our building. Basically, that idea we talked about just them gathering there with their teacher out there. But then, of course, as soon as we plan on that, uh, the question became what happens when it rains on the first day of school. So um, that obviously added the the tent idea or the canopy or some type of, of covering for them. So
3: we have the same issue i've come from a large uh, urban district and there's a lot of overcrowding and even with our proposed schedule that it's under discussion we're still going to have a, a lot of a lot of kids but you know the thought i always judge my uh, first day of school as an elementary principal with if i get 10 or fewer kindergarten criers. but this year it's going to be between the uh, the students and the parents you know we don't have an orientation this year so um, if anybody wants to connect afterwards as to what your ideas are for certain, some certain things like that i, I certainly would be open to it
0: Derek, I always judged my success as a secondary principal on if I could actually make it through a day without making someone cry,
3: so. <laughs> or myself crying. One of those.
1: <laughs> Number six really speaks to me, you know at the high school level. I think all kids need to know what's what they're going to be doing, what's expected of them. But really, just honoring that this year is different, and we're mm. going day by day, and you know it's it's not standard operating procedures. so really, we're starting at distance learning full. And so, you know, that just looks really different, but that doesn't mean it has to be, you know, a foreign concept either, but really just what are we going to be doing is not necessarily just the, the academics, you know, uh, as usual, there's going to be a lot of new kinds of things that are going to be happening to, to take care of kids socially, you know, social, emotional, um, things like that, that, that will look different. So. That question is really important, I think.
2: Well, I wanted to go back to your kindergarten, first grade, you know, experience for parents. We're planning to uh, put that up to on social media. What does it look like when my child goes from um, the bus to the classroom and have it out there to parents beforehand so that they can ask and coach their own children for things to look for? And, you know, so they can get excited about and also relieve the anxiety of the parents about what this look feels like, looks like for their child.
0: Just to yeah, them. and that's great. Thanks, Kim. And I would just add for secondary people to consider, how do you anticipate having conversations with some of your student leaders about the way that they would like to see school themselves honored when school starts? Because elementary kids a lot of times have these routines and rituals, and secondary kids sometimes don't, but sometimes we can enhance our culture by the way we start that first day. And so it may look different this year. And so just if our only goal is just safely get them in, that's an important goal. But if that's our only goal, we may be missing out on an opportunity for them to think creatively. And that could be through social media. That could be through them taking, you know, photos as people come in that get placed on your school's social media site. So I don't know the answer to that. I'm just, you you elementary people are making me think about and brainstorm better ways for for secondary people to honor that first day too.
1: Can I say something on that? We have at our school, at the high school, it's Link Crew, but we have Web, where everyone belongs. So it'll look different this year as we transition our sixth graders because the parents are nervous, they're nervous. Um, And so part of the process is the Web leaders call every sixth grader. They're in kind of like advisories. And then we're going to bring them in. We've been given permission that we can do instead of all 300 at the same time, um, we're going to do it by team. And so they'll have a chance to have a shortened orientation experience, but it allows them to connect with an eighth grader, but to have a transition experience to the middle school. But you've got me thinking, well, like, how do I do that for our seventh and eighth graders? Because the way we started school is very different than the way we ended it. And so it's a transition for them as well um, to a different way.
0: Principal Matters listeners, you got just a small taste of the wonderful conversations we've been having in our reopening mastermind for Principal Matters friends. And just a quick thank you to several of the voices that you heard this week, including many of the folks from that mastermind, including Jessica from Wisconsin, Cynthia from Texas, Angie from Oklahoma, Eddie from North Carolina, Kimberly from Oregon, Sonia from Texas, Andrew from New York, Bridget from Minnesota, Eric from Kansas, Sam from South Carolina, Aaron from California, Derek from New Jersey, Braden from Oklahoma, several people who have been participating in these conversations, some whose voices you heard and some whose um, you did not but are in that mastermind with me. So If you're interested in um, participating in a mastermind, you can always reach out to me at will at williamdparker.com. But I hope that their reflections and the comments that I made earlier in this post this week are just encouraging you that you're not in this alone. This is something that all of us are pioneers in trying to figure out new ways to serve students under new conditions. And so thank you again for the creative ways that you're trying to connect with students and families and teachers, because what you do matters. And I'll see you next week. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my posts at williamdparker.com.